This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to bigheadsmedia.com for more great podcasts. Welcome back to the Hammers Unrestricted Podcast. A disappointing result against Everton on Sunday. I'm still not over it, to be honest. Our push for the top four appears to be over, and we're now in a big battle to make the top six. Jimmy's with me this week to give his thoughts on the result and the remainder of our running. Where do we start then, Jim? Well, I'm not quite putting the passport on standby, um, but the running's looking a bit tougher after that weekend. Let's just get straight into it, Jim. So, unchanged team. Um, we were full of praise after the Burnley game for Lanzini, Fournells, Ben Rama, uh, Sufa in particular. We spoke really highly of all of them. I think, personally, you know, Lanzini did have a good influence on the game at the beginning. I thought there was some nice one and two touch play. It was good to see him start in the middle again. Um, I did see a bit of a difference, though, when he went off. There wasn't that man there to break in between the lines in the final third and just make those... Nice little intricate passes that he's good at doing. Well, I think the game was perfectly set up for Lanzini um, because they played a deep five at the back. I thought the Everton centre-backs, you have to give them praise. They were good on the day. But the way they allowed the space in front of them, it was perfect for all of our um, creative players. It was perfect for Ben Rama, Lingard, Fournals and Lanzini. They're all the perfect types of players you'd think that can pick a pass, unlock the defence, but it just wasn't the case on the day. No, I think we had it a bit difficult as well, really. I mean, Lanzini coming off, first of all, um, as you mentioned, dropping Fennels in. He had a good game, I thought, to be fair. He's probably our best player. Um, I know I spoke quite highly of him last week, but you know what you're going to get with him by now. He's comfortable in the league. He has settled finally. Uh, lots of running, lots of work rate. Um, I think we were unfortunate to see uh, Fred, uh, Fredericks come on for Cresswell, sorry, to lose Cresswell, you know, your actual your leader. I, I think, did Fredericks take the armband when he came on? I thought I he, saw did, he, he didn't look comfortable. I'm not sure if he knew who to pass it to or if he took it himself. I think that one's up for debate because yeah. for me, I would have had Fabianski in goal. That's a bit of a trek to get out to old Fabianski and Antonio up top and he was running here, there and everywhere. So I've, I think it was just one of them uh, communication errors. I don't think he's the stand in. Who would you uh, have given it to or, though? If it's you, say, say Crestwell's coming off, who would you have given it to genuinely? Antonio Fabianski, I think that's yeah. either one of them. I think they've both captained us in the past on the off occasion. So I think either one of them would have been fine. But yeah, like I said, I think it was more that he didn't know who to give it to or at the time. I don't think he's our third, fourth in line to be captain. Uh, you mentioned the Everton back line. Um, so as we said just now, Yuri Mina, Michael Keane, Ben Godfrey, all three of them were excellent. I didn't quite understand our game plan, to be honest with you. I didn't really understand what Moyes was trying to do. It was get balls in the box, is what I heard the commentator say. Um, and that did actually appear to be the plan. 38 crosses were put into the box on the day. Although, all right, it did stop, slow down a bit when Cresswell went off. A lot of the balls coming in from Sufau as well. But, you know, they've got three massive defenders there. Yeri Mina's six foot six, seven. He's massive. You've got him, you've got Keane, you've got Godfrey. Big defenders that are just going to win those. You've only really got Antonio going for the headers, really, haven't you? Because Suchek's having to play a bit deeper. Was that, was that our game plan? I just didn't really understand what he was trying to achieve there. Well, I think Ancelotti 
won the Battle of the Managers on the day. I think all season what we've seen is we've been great in transitions, win the ball high up the pitch and just fling it down the wings. And that's what we've been really good at. And Ancelotti knew this. I feel like he just set, he just set up a bit deeper, 10 yards deeper. He said, let's see if you can break us down. Let's see if you can pick those passes. And to be honest, we haven't seen the goals. We've scored a lot of good goals this year, but they're not been intricate passes all around the edge of the 18-yard box and slipping a man in. They've sort of all been on the counter. Um, so, yeah, I just think on the day we didn't have that outlet and it really showed. And like you mentioned about the crosses, the reason why it was such a, a big miss for Rice or Noble not being there it's because we didn't have Suchek attacking because he was the most defensive man at all times during the second half. It was just disappointing to see because it, it would have been a different game if we had a target man up there or big Suchek just running into the box. And yeah, it just didn't fall for us on the day. It was a proper like Italian performance, wasn't it, from the away side? It was just to go and set up and... You know, shut up shop completely, try and block us out. And to be honest with you, I've seen a lot this week on Twitter and Instagram, West Ham fans moaning about Everton parking the bus, about this, that and the other. Look, this is the exact same thing as what we did when we went to Goodison. It's the exact same thing. Apart from they got an early goal, we got a late goal. It is the exact same performance because they were on the front foot for the whole of that game and they didn't have many chances from what I can remember. They, they couldn't really break us now and it's the exact same for us. They've got a goal which... Right, let's, let's talk about that now. The goal in itself, I mean, Calvert-Lewin does well to isolate Dawson for a start. Um, always going to have him on toast for pace. Good ball in from Godfrey. I just, we haven't conceded many goals like that this season, have we? Just down the middle. And we've been normally so solid back there. I don't know if it would have been different if Ogbonna had been there because I think you've still got the pace there of Calvert-Lewin. Quality finish as well. He knew what he was doing, didn't he, to pull on the Dawson? He's no mug. Well, I think if, if you want to talk about trying to avoid the goal, I mean, it's the pressure you put on the centre-backs. Um, that That's where that could be avoided. And he had time and space to get his head up, Godfrey, and play. A, he played a perfect ball in. You have to give credit to the ball. Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, where we could have improved, he had a lot of time. He did have a lot of time. Uh, Calvert-Lewin does well. I I'm not expecting Dawson to catch him, to be honest. When he, when he gets into that situation, it's sort of... You look at it week in, week out, and they're scored every week, those type of goals. It's just a cert goal. Mm. Uh, well, with regards to our chances, only two I can really think of. You've got the Ben Rama header, where, I'm sorry, I don't care if you haven't scored all season. And full of praise for him last week, really was. He was excellent. How the fuck is he not hitting the target? How, how, is he, how has he put that over? At least work the keeper. I can see what he's trying to do. He's trying to put it back the way it came, top corner out of the way. Fair enough. I can see what you're trying to do. For a Premier League player to not hit the target from there, he had so much time. Other than that, so far it in the post. I can't really think of anything else other than that. That's the 21st time we've hit the post this season, or the woodwork in general. More times than anybody else in the league as a stat for you. Frustrating, mate. Really frustrating. Yeah, I don't know where we go with Ben Rama because we, we were on such a high last week. We were like, all right, he hasn't had the best of seasons. We'll give him benefit of doubt. He's turned it around and then he just does that. And that's just going to knock his confidence even further. And like I mentioned, I just don't know where we go with him, to be honest. We know he's got quality, but unless he starts showing it soon, he's not going to get any game time. I, I think, no, you, you absolutely give him another season, 100%. Because like you say, you said it last week, he 
he's so naturally gifted at beating players. He's so good on the ball. I think you give him another season, definitely. We've just spent 25 million on him. You give him another year, but, you know, it's, it's a concern. I agree. It's a massive concern, really, the fact that he hasn't put one in. But he's he's won us a lot of games with his assists. He's won us three games, four games with assists. It's a lot of points, though, really. I'm not, you're putting that face on me that people aren't going to be able to see, but I think you've got to give him a chance. You've got to give him more time, mate. Um, with regards to the to the, to the miss from Sufal, uh, great work from Fournells. Just unlucky. I mean, he's probably the last person on the pitch you want that chance falling to, to be honest with you. But, you know, I don't know. <laughs> Just overall, he does, he does. He does well with it, Sufal. You know, uh, we can, we've praised him all year. It's great attacking output that he does, but it would have been a clinical finish to put that in. Unless not, he's very unfortunate that it's hit the post. And even Jared Bowen's unfortunate that just as the rebound's coming up to him, he's jumped over the keeper and yeah. he just can't get his feet sorted. So uh, we were very unlucky on that one. Um, but yeah, four nails another day. Could have had two assists there and we we're praising him. Like, what a performance. So I think four nails out of all of them uh, can hold his head up high. If I had to give praise out, uh, it'd be for him. I, I genuinely think he had a good game. Like I'm not not just if you had to pick one. Like I do think he performed really well. Um, he had to change position. He's been playing a lot more advanced recently. Um, anywhere across the front three again, as I think you said last week, he can play anywhere there. I've always wanted to see him though in the midfield too, um, just to sort of see if he's able to do it. He definitely is because you know he's got the legs. Like I always say, he runs for days. But like you said earlier on though, um, having him in there did mean Suchek had to sit a bit deeper, which did restrict us in the final third. When I think the game was over, I don't know if you'll agree, um, as soon as Yarmolenko came on, like, oh, honestly, mate, my, my dad said to me, oh, he, he's, he can pop up of a goal. I was like, yeah, he can, but he's so painful to watch. Like, he's, he just doesn't want to work, does he? Doesn't want to graft or anything. All right, he's got a good touch and he, he can find a, a good pass in the final third occasionally, but it is occasionally. That's why he's not playing too many games. I just, honestly, mate, as soon as he came on, it reminded me as well, the fact that Moyes had the chance in January to buy another striker. It would have been a rush transfer, fair enough. He said, no, I've got Yarmolenko as back up to Antonio. He's been injured since January, fair enough. But that is not a, that is not a second striker, is it? Yeah, I mean, like we've mentioned in previous podcasts, we need to go out and buy a striker. And we need to buy a different type of striker to Antonio. That's what's important. Because you mentioned the amount of crosses we got in the ball. I mean, I don't want to say his name on this podcast, but Andy Carroll would have loved it. He would have loved it. <laughs> he would have been mopping up. He would have been causing them a nightmare. We need Sometimes you've got to mix it up last 10, 15. And to be honest, I'd rather an out-and-out striker who's good in the air than Yarmolenko, which is more of what we already had on the pitch. You know what mm. I mean? So yeah. we need a proper plan B. I'm not saying get the man back. Of course not. I'm not saying get the man bum back. But I'm just saying, you know, it's just, it's just a thought going into yeah. the transfer market, that we do need a plan B sometimes. I think uh, with regards to Everton, just a quick word on them, the perfect away performance, really. They, they've travelled well this year. That's their 11th win in the Premier League away from home this season. It's their, I think that's their second best record. I think their best is 12, I read somewhere earlier in the week. But anyway, yeah, great performance from them, really. Um, like I said, fans have complained a lot this week about the way they showed up. And they, you know, if you want to call it parking the bus, you want to call it, playing defensively, whatever. that they, they, they got three points. You can't really knock that. We did that to them earlier on in the season. Overall, I mean, it's so disappointing. It's so disappointing. Like, 
we, we've got to pinch ourselves and remember that we're lucky to be where we are in the table. You know, we were battling relegation last year, the season before that. You know, we are. It's taken 35 games, and we can now say that our push for the Champions League is over. But it's taken 35 games, mate, and it's it's hard to take. It's a bit of pill to swallow, but you know you can't knock them for how they've been all season, really, can you? No, and I don't like seeing these clickbait titles talking about bottling it, giving mm. up to have the spirit. I mean, how can you bottle something that you've overachieved in at the same time? I mean, we were predicting just above the relegation. That's why I had them. 16th, maybe. That's where I had a start of the year in that ballpark. I didn't think we'd get relegated, but I thought we'd struggle. I thought we were in for another long year. Yeah. So for this to come out, I don't want to hear anything about bottling it. I don't want to hear any negativity from the fans um, because they've played out their skin most of the season. Don't get me wrong. That was a performance. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not going to defend that. It wasn't ideal, but Evan are no mug. Jim, I want to know who is your hammer of the year and why? So the floor is yours, mate. Well, it was actually a nice job picking this one out um, compared to other years because I wasn't scraping a bottle of a barrel. There was actually a few options. And yeah, it was it was a pleasure picking these. Um, so I do have a long short list, but I'm going to keep it brief. Going to go straight to the main man who I think is hammer of the year, the Czech Republic giant. That is Thomas Suchek. Okay. Uh, I think he's been outstanding this year. He's played almost every minute apart from that red card that got rescinded for the last few minutes of injury time against Fulham. He's just been ever-present rock, and he's chipped in with goals. For me, it picks itself, and that's who I'm voting for. Yeah, it's, it's hard to argue with that, really, mate. Um, Sky Sports the other night, Jamie Carragher actually said he was just signing of the season. So, uh, you know, for someone else outside of West Ham to be giving him praise shows how good he must have been. And I've actually seen him in a few shortlists for PFA Player of the Year. Yeah, cracking season. He's changed our midfield completely. He's nine goals, I think it is, this year. You know, the work rate. I mean, you, you look back to the Spurs game when he cut his head open and he, uh, you know, played with blood pouring out of his head. I mean, I can't wait until the fans get into the ground and get behind him, really, because he's, he's going to be getting a lot of love, isn't he? I mean, he's a great player. Like you said, he will be an instant fan favourite, and he has to be. And I can think of so many games this year that he's played well in. Instantly springs to mind that Palace game where he gets to. I mean, he won us the game essentially that day. And I think as far as individual performances go, that has to be one of the best performances of the year. Uh, I think if I'm picking team of the season for the Prem, he's in it. I'm, I'm not sure who partners him as centre mid, but he's in my Premier League team of the season. So he has to be for me hammer of the year. I mean, he just pops up with so many goals. They're important goals, essentially, is what I'm trying to say. They're not just uh, constellation goals or, you know, adding to a win. He's winning the points. And it's just so rare um, for a midfielder like him to chip in with so many attacking contributions. And I just love him. He seems like a real humble guy whenever he does his interviews after. Um, yeah, he just seems great for the club. And I'm looking forward to seeing him next year. Absolutely love him. Like, really do love him. What a top player. And I feel like, you know, his durability in the middle has really inspired those around him as well. I mean, he's picked up the whole of the team. And you see a lot about him um, coming in and the way he trains and everything, the way he conducts himself around the training ground. It's He's obviously, you know, contributed massively to how good the morale is in the team this year. It's shown on the pitch, really, isn't it, as you say? All right, so whilst it's difficult to argue with that because he's... 
I mean, like you said, there's been there's been some real standouts this year. Suchek's been one. I think Mention's obviously got a Declan Rice as well in his first more or less full season as a skipper. I think he's been outstanding. If Lingard had been here all season, mate, then maybe he'd be in the shout as well because he, he has really driven us on. But I am going to disagree with you and I am going to throw Vladimir Sufal into the, into the ring there. I think Ooh, he's interesting. been... Yeah, no, I, I think he's been quality, mate. He's I've worked it out. He's had six assists this season. Um, I've worked out the points. We would be... Each of those assists, by the way, has meant something. So he hasn't been setting up goals and games have been losing. We've either won or drawn those games. We'll be 10 points worse off without him setting those goals up. That would have us sat below Leeds in the table in 11th spot. So we'd be in the bottom half of the table without his contribution. Um, look, we spoke about this before. Right back has been a been a problem for West Ham for years. I mean, to name a few, Guy DeMille, Joey O'Brien, Gillian Faubert. It's, it's been a weak spot in the team for the last, I'd say, 20 years, to be honest with you. Like, it has not been a good spot for us. Look, I just think he's been outstanding. And we spoke about how good Suchek's been with his work rate around the club and how he wants to come in and train. He's his right-hand man. He does it all as well. For £5 million, he's also made it into Jamie Carragher's team of the season, PFA team of the year. Yeah, as a right-back yourself, what, what would you think of him? I know, I love him. I think he's class. And you're forgetting how quickly he adjusted to Premier League life. I mean, he barely had a pre-season. He, came, he just hit the ground running. And that's what's so impressive about him. He needs no adjustment periods. He's just come from the Czech League. And he's just come over to the Prem and absolutely bossed it. No pre-season, nothing, just slotted straight in. And he just seems like every time he goes on the pitch, he knows what his job is and he just wants to crack on with it. And you know what? Love him. Much love for both the Czech boys. So since making his debut, he, he first played for us away at the King Power Stadium against Leicester where we won 3-0. He's played every minute of every game apart from five minutes against Manchester United when he got pulled off as a substitute uh, in the home game where we lost 3-1. So again, you know, he's durable. He's, he plays all of the time. And I was just thinking of some of the individual battles he's had this year. His performance against Jack Grealish at Villa Park. I know you mentioned um, Suchek at Sellers Park, but I want to give Sufal a shout out for that as well, because he was incredible. I know we doubled up on him that night, but Grealish had to swap wings to have any influence on the game. And it showed how good he is that he still got an assist when he was playing down the right flank. You know, just minutes after pulling off and finally having enough of it and going to the other flank. So, you know... Top marks to him. He, he's had the battle with him. He's he's also pocketed Raheem Sterling. Uh, he's had Son as well. Wilfred Zahar. He's brought a, a work rate to the club that we haven't had for years. I listened to the Peter Crouch podcast the other day. You got Noble. Have you listened to that yet? I think I told you to. No, Noble's on there. And he's speaking, obviously, about Sujek and Sufal. Uh, talking about our highly rates. I mean, how, how they go in on their days off and they train. And it's what's actually... Uh, inspired a lot of the players to do the same this season, which is why we're seeing such good results. Everyone wants to be in the training ground all the time. It's down to characters like him and Suchek, to be fair. Um, one last thing I want to leave you with to, to you know further cement this opinion is the performance away at Manchester City, where we genuinely, we should have had a point in that game where we lost 2-1. Just the image of him on the pitch at the end of the game, where he's head in hands, crouching on the pitch, absolutely gutted, as if he just lost a cup final. And it's that sort of passion and desire which we love as fans. And he's going to get so much love when the fans go back into the ground, isn't he? And he deserves it. And you know what, Wood? You haven't fully convinced me. I'm sticking with my boy Thomas Suchek. But yeah, Sufal deserves an honourable mention for me. And the shortlist this year, it's, it's been big. I mean, Rice has had a cracking season. I know he's missed a few games here. 
here, but he's had a cracking season. Again, Ogbon as a season yeah. has been affected by injury. He was looking like a, one of the best centre-backs in the league at one point. Uh, Craig Dawson, you know, he's had a little dip recently. Again, honourable shout-out for him. But there's just so many you can pick from. Antonio, we haven't even mentioned Antonio. And he's put a shift in this year. So, you know what? We should be happy Amers this year. Um, not too much to complain about. Um, but we've shown them a lot of love um, to the Czech Republican boys. But just to be clear, on the 22nd of June, they're dead to me. They're dead to me. Big up England. And yeah, you know what? We'll be friends. We'll be friends the day after. But You just know they're going to have an influence on that game, aren't you? You just know. Of course they are. Of course they are. It's going to be Rice versus Suchek. Oh, can you imagine the bragging rights in the changing room next season? Yeah, man. They're both going to be so up for it. It'll be a good watch. Yeah, no, like you say, dead, dead to me is a bit much, but it is going to be really difficult watching them and not, not supporting them. Let's move ahead then to the massive game coming up on Saturday evening. Uh, we travel to the Amex Stadium to face Brighton, who I think you'll agree with me are a bogey team for us, aren't they? 100% agree, definitely a bogey team. I don't think we've ever beaten them in the Prem. Uh, they always seem to find a goal against us, and it's going to be a tough game. Uh, we got to hope, you know, they've got they haven't got much to play for. They're going to be safe, uh, mm. you know. Fulham's been confirmed relegated. I know they'll want to finish as high as they can, and it's really tight at the bottom. So even a win or two could push them up a few places. But to be honest, I know we said the same last week. We thought we we're going to win, but we've got to go out and win this. I'm sorry, they have not been great this year. I rate Graham Potter as a manager as well. They play good football, but they just can't finish at times. And yeah. I do feel their possession-based game will play into our hands because we do like to break on the counter quick. So I'm open for goals and, yeah, I'm hoping for a win. I feel like whenever me and you expect goals or not expect a win, but I you know, want a win, we don't get it. I feel like we get the Everton game. We get yeah. the Everton game one nil. Or, or we or we get the reverse of this when we when we played them at London Stadium and it was two all. And we spoke about it before how dreadful we were. Brighton's record at home this season. I just want to touch on that. You said we've never beat Brighton. You're right. We haven't in the Premier League. We've actually lost the last three encounters. Brighton's record at home this season. They've won three times, lost six, drawn eight. They've got a long list of players that aren't that aren't able to participate this weekend. So more pine dunk are both suspended. Uh, proper Veltman, March, Lalana, which I think is huge, and Oni and Le- uh, Tarek Lamptey are all going to be out of the game as well. Now, I personally think Duncan Lalana are massive misses for them. Well, that being mentioned, we've got our own injury issues at the moment. So at this age of the season, it's been a long season. I mean, people are running on fumes, so you've got to expect a few injuries. But it is always good to see the opposition missing a few key players. Yeah. And we've got to maximise on that. Yeah, I think Rice is supposed to be back and Noble. Um, obviously, Ogbonna was on the bench last week, so that's positive as well. After this, we could be home and dry. You know, I fancy us against West Brom. I fancy us against Southampton. West Brom with nothing to play for. We tend to do a right at home against Southampton. So I do fancy us to pick up a couple of wins there, but it's just this game. And, you know, I'm hoping, I'm hoping they're on their holidays, really. I'm hoping they're already switched off. Brighton haven't... Um, they've won once in their last five games. I'm just hoping that we can pick up a result. You know, nothing but a win will do this week. I know we said it last week against Everton, but we come on, we don't want it to tail off. I mean, we don't want Tottenham finishing above us. Mm. We've got to really put some more points on the board because yeah. it is, I don't want to say bottling it, but they can throw away a lot of good work. 
if we finish below Liverpool, Spurs, Everton, mm. I mean that 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 would just take such a shine off a positive season. Of course, we'd still overachieved top half table, but from where we were, you know, I think the boys do need to put a shift in. Uh, but I'm confident in them. I think they're going to win this week. Look, we'll wrap we'll wrap this up here, Jim. Um, Brighton, let's have your prediction, please. What do you think? Right, well, I'm going to have to say Brighton are going to score because I think they've, over the seven games we've played in the Prem, they've scored, always scored against us. Mm. So I'm going to say they're going to get one. And I think we're going to win 2-1. I think we're going to win 2-1. I think Antonio is going to be too much to handle up top. I think we're going to hit him on the counter a few times. Uh, yeah, I think there's going to be a lot more space this yeah. week. And I think that's crucial for us in the way we play. So... Uh, I'll chip in maybe four nows. I'll back him to score one. He's been looking lively in the last few weeks. And may man Antonio. So that'll be my prediction. I like that. I'm going to go completely against what I would normally do um, and play it safe. I'm going to go for a thumping 3-0 win at the Amex. Um, because, yeah, and you pulled that face at me, but there's been a lot of times this season when we've gone and got performances away from home that we wouldn't normally get. We wouldn't normally go and win at Sellers. We wouldn't normally go win at Goodison. Ellen Road, even. I know we haven't played Leeds in years, but you see the point I'm trying to make here. We went to um, we went to Leicester and won as well. You know, th- there's been some big away performances this year, and I think this is going to be another one. I'm going to say 3-0. I think Antonio is going to get a brace, and I think he is going to become our all-time Premier League record goal scorer above Paolo Di Canio. I think he's going to get that bank before the end of the season. And uh, the third goal is going to go to Thomas Suchek. And it's going to make it 10 for the season for him. Big prediction. <laughs> well, I'm hoping, mate. I'm, I'm fucking on my knees here, I tell you. <laughs> I tell you, mate. Cheers for coming on this week, Jim. It's been a good laugh, um, despite the under-par performance, we should say, at home to Hopefully, we can turn it around against Brighton. Any last words before we wrap up for the week, mate? Positive thoughts, you know. Not a great result against Everton, but we're on the up, you know, and hopefully the boys can turn it around. 